Today's reading is entitled To Bless the Space Between Us from, the, from John O'Donohue. In the parched deserts of postmodernity, a blessing can be like the discovery of a fresh well. It would be lovely if we could rediscover our power to bless one another. When a blessing is invoked, it changes the atmosphere. Some of the plenitude flows into our hearts from the invisible neighborhood of loving kindness. In the light and reverence of blessing, a person or situation becomes illuminated in a completely new way. In a dead wall, a new window opens. In dense darkness, a path starts to glimmer. And into a broken heart, healing falls like morning dew. It is ironic that so often we continue to live like paupers, though our inheritance of spirit is so vast. The quiet eternal that dwells in our souls is silent and subtle. In the activity of blessing, it emerges to embrace and nurture us. Let us begin to learn how to bless one another. It's now my pleasure to introduce the Reverend Daylene Vassbinder, who is gracious to join us this morning. Daylene grew up in the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Indiana. After receiving her Bachelor's of Arts from Hanover College, she spent most of her 20s in nonprofit and justice ministries including two years of human rights work in El Salvador. She returned to the United States in 1988, completed her Master's of Divinity at Pacific School of Religion in Berkeley, and was ordained at the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in 1991. From 1991 until 2018, Daylene served as a pastor to local disciples congregations 18 years in Seattle and then in Lexington, Kentucky, where she also served on the board of the Interfaith Alliance of the Bluegrass. In 2019, she completed a chaplain residency at University Hospital in Louisville, and the next year joined the chaplaincy team at Baptist Health Hospital, Lexington, where she continues to serve as an interfaith chaplain today. Daylene and her husband, Ken McCullough, have two children, Nathan and Kaylin. A warm welcome to the Reverend Daylene Vassbinder. Good morning again. It is a real honor for me to be here with all of you, this community of inclusive, justice-seeking, spirit-led, and deep-thinking people. When Liz asked me if I knew how to get to the church and the sanctuary, I assured her that I did because I live right across Clay's Mill. So we're neighbors. I live in Stone, the Stonewall edition. And I've been to the sanctuary a few times um, for interfaith meetings. The, the last one that I can re recollect was an um, interfaith meeting of interfaith, Kentucky Interfaith Power and Light that you all hosted a few years ago. And one of my fondest memories is chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> and I think my family's 
fond memories too. We came and um, participated in your Valentine Fair Trade chocolate event that you've had. Do you still, are, are you having, is that returning? Good, good, okay. I'll try, <laughs> I'll try to be there the next one. It's also been a gift to me, I can say a blessing, to have your June worship theme of celebrating blessings to reflect on the past few weeks. I hope that this time of sharing my reflection is a gift or a blessing to you as well. As hinted at in the sermon title, the focus will not be as much on blessing as a noun, as in something received, or an adjective, I am blessed, but but more as a verb, to bless. What does it mean to bless each other? How do we bless each other? My vocation as a church pastor, excuse me, as a church pastor for over 25 years provided opportunities to bless people in various life transitions. And so blessing memories have surfaced over the last couple of weeks as I've um, reflected on this. All of the times blessing a couple as they were joined together in a marriage ceremony the act of blessing an infant as parents presented their baby to the congregation saying, yes, it takes a village, and may our village help you to raise your little one in love. Blessing a new house of a church member, that this house may be filled with love and be more than a house but a home. We had the kids and the youth who were going to camp or on work trips come up to the front of the sanctuary at the end of worship services, and we, we blessed them on their way, saying, may the time to come be a time of learning and growth and lots of fun. I remember three women were blessed before they traveled to D.C. for the Women's March a few years ago. Standing in front of the sanctuary with a circle of us around them, with our hands on their shoulders and more people around us, all connected. May your time, may you be surrounded by love and courage and brought home safely. And as an aside, I will be ready to bless another woman's march to D.C., this time to the Supreme Court building, if and when that happens. Although I very well may be a part of that, a part of those going, and so we'll need to be blessed as well. Just a few moments ago, Liz read from John O'Donohue's book, To Bless the Space Between Us a book of blessings. O'Donohue was an Irish poet, author, and priest, and he had a gift for weaving Celtic spiritual traditions into his writings. His book of blessings looks at life's thresholds, those times of transitions that move us from one place to the next on our life journey, whether physically, relationally, or spiritually, emotionally, Forming a new family through marriage, birth, adoption, 
growing up, growing older, setting off on a journey, be it for a week or for a lifetime. Life's thresholds, as in the threshold of a door, as one steps through, they leave one space and enter another. And O'Donohue writes that these are the times for blessing, to intentionally mark the moment, to be mindful of the transition, and to honor it. Not just pass through without a thought for these threshold moments. In Celtic spirituality, these threshold moments are often called, referred to as thin places, when we get a glimpse of that which is sacred or holy. The blessings, and I quote, offer invaluable guidelines for making the transition from a known familiar world into a new unmapped territory, end quote. Now you might have noticed a similarity of language in the examples of blessing that I gave. It was the word may. May you. May this house, may this new job, may this time. O'Donohue uses the same language, writing in the introduction that the language of blessing is invocation. It invokes, calls forth the desire of the blesser and the blessee. It imagines and wills the fulfillment of desire and in faith language connects us to a power greater than ourselves. I shared with you some of the memories of blessing of various situations when I was a pastor at local churches. And as Liz said, in, in 2020, my ministry transitioned from a local church pastor to a hospital chaplain. And with that, the act of, of blessing has continued, but has taken on different forms. On Nurses Day, we bless any health care giver's hands going throughout the hospital and those who would like to receive a blessing. May these hands provide comfort and care. May strength and compassion pulse through these hands. A friend of mine who's a chaplain at another hospital told about that during the during EMS emergency services, emergency medical services week, that hospital blesses the ambulances as they come into the ambulance bay, making sure or just invoking that desire for, for safety for workers and for patients. But when I think about the act of blessing that I have been part of over the past two years, instances come to mind that, that are more intimate. Called by a family to the bedside of an elderly woman who was near death. Family was gathered in the room, children, spouses, grandchildren. And when I entered the room, the eldest daughter said, Chaplain, would you say a prayer? Would you bless her? We know where she's going. She'll be with God. We just want to make sure that she has a peace right now. And I thought to myself at this time, this time and this request, it was just as much for the family gathered trying to let go of a loved one as it was for the patient taking her final breath. 
I didn't have a chance to know her. Would you tell me a bit about her? And there was a pause. And then a grandchild, thank goodness for children, spoke up. I always knew she loved me no, many, no matter how many times I messed up. And one of the patient's children shared that she had had, had a hard life. Divorced, single mom, raising four children in a small town just outside of Pikeville. Then more comments, descriptions, memories shared, stories of her life spoken through tears and laughter. As the sharing eased, I invited us all to gather around the hospital bed. I spoke to the patient, Wilma, a circle of love surrounds you now. You have heard the stories and how they have blessed you. And they've asked me to pray now in their faith tradition to bless you on your journey. And so I spoke the words, God, we ask that you bless her and keep her. May she rest in peace. And may you bless the memories that this family holds, that those memories give them comfort and strength. What does it mean to bless? I'm not sure that I can answer that in totality, but it has something to do with pausing, intentionally marking the holy space in which one finds oneself, attempting to connect with the divine that we all carry within to the divine force that moves and connects us all. Some of us referring to that source as God. Some of us may refer to that source as love. And some of us, like myself, look at the two as one and the same. Another more recent memory of blessing comes to mind. Called again to a hospital room, but this time on the labor and delivery floor. The medical term that the young couple had heard just days before was that their unborn child, almost at term, had an anomaly that was incompatible with life. Three days later, their baby was born, and from the recent diagnosis, they knew that they would only have a few hours with their baby before he died. And as I walked into the room, the young dad in his early 20s stood up from the rocking chair, which he was sitting, rocking his son, handed me the bundle and said through tears, will you bless our child? I took the baby in my arms and listened to the father and mother share their grief. I was relieved that the sharing didn't include what I consider platitudes of theology, not my own. He's in a better place, God needed another angel, he was called home, etc. They just shared their broken hearts through words and tears. And like all parents, they just wanted to have a sense that their child was safe, was going to be safe. Will you bless our child? A prayer of blessing speaking the intentions of the room, that this little bundle held in my arms would be surrounded by love and light, 
Now, please don't get me wrong. I don't have the grandiose idea that somehow, some way, my words or any words of blessing can, as Captain Picard said, make it so. But speaking one's intentions, one's desires, one's wishes honors that moment. And I dare say connects us to the sacredness within and all around. One of my favorite books of blessings is A Grateful Heart, Daily Blessings for the Evening Meal from Buddha to the Beatles. It's edited by M.J. Ryan. And in the introduction, Ryan quotes Howard Thurman, who once wrote, to be alive is to participate responsibly in the experience of life. Ryan goes on to add, for those of us who are uncomfortable within the structure of organized religion, Finding a proper form for that responsibility has not been easy. We've tended to shy away from many of the rituals religion offers, and too often have ended up feeling disconnected and isolated. It is in the spirit of reconnection that the book was, re was created, recognizing that there is a deep hunger for connection within ourselves, with one another, with nature, with the process of birth and the process of death. Setting aside time, or as O'Donohue's language says, intention to bless and be blessed can go a long way to satisfy that hunger. Now I'm very aware that all of the examples that were previously given were about my role as clergy or chaplain, blessing others. And I'm often astounded and humbled by the trust that complete strangers give me just because I represent the religious community. And the flip side is, is true as well, the mistrust that people have because I am, represent the religious community. <laughs> but let me take a moment to say that the act of blessing is not reserved solely for clergy or institutional religion to perform. Actually, I believe that certain branches of institutional religion have preached a theology of blessing that has done the idea of blessing a huge disservice, to put it mildly. If you do X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z are usually something to do with following a particular doctrine, or giving financial donations to certain religious causes, God will bless you with an act that usually comes in the form of financial gain or good health. This is known as prosperity theology and is light years away from what I consider to be a gospel of love. So that was a bit of a digression of sorts, excuse me. But back to the idea that, that clergy hold the license on blessing others. No. <laughs> Most of the time, I just think we have the training and experience in putting into words that moment of standing at the threshold, being true to emotions and feelings in the room and, and holding that and recognizing that as sacred. I was called down to visit a patient who had just been told that his cancer had returned. 
I sat and listened as he recounted the last five years, first the diagnosis, then the chemo treatment that about killed him, and he said, in fact, at times he wished he had died. It was so awful. But he pulled through. Then COVID hit and isolation, but that was getting better, we hope. Now his heart was giving him trouble, and it was in the cardiac ICU unit that they discovered that his cancer had returned, and he would be facing chemo again. After telling me all of this, he said, when I die and come before my maker, I have just one question. And my mind imagined what was coming. Why, God? Why me? What did I do or not do? Why did you have to curse me with all of this? Those are the questions that we chaplain types often get. This man, what was his one question to his maker in his language? His question was, why, why did you bless me so? Why have I been so blessed? And he spent the next hour telling me about stories of love and care and goodness that were a part of his life story. He had been blessed not by clergy or by institutional religion, but by the presence of community in his life. People who loved him, stood by him, blessed him. The act of blessing one another on life's journey does not necessarily involve a seminary degree, nor does it even have to involve words. When we stand with someone who is going through a life transition, standing at a threshold, great or small, when we stand in care and support at that moment, our presence blesses them. When someone is almost crushed by grief or despair or loneliness, and we come alongside them, not to cheer them up and make it all better, but to accompany them in their hurt, saying, I am here. I am with you. You are not alone. We bless them. Those are what I refer to as sacred moments. O'Donohue writes, perhaps we bless one another all the time without even realizing it. When we show compassion or kindness to another, we are setting blessing in train. There's a way in which an act of kindness becomes an independent, luminous thing. A kind of a jewel box of light that might conceal itself for days or even years until one day when you are in desperate straits, you notice something on the floor at your feet. You reach down for it and you discover exactly the courage and the vision for which you so desperately hunger. And you, <coughs> you as a congregation, oh, let me count the ways that you have and continue to bless this city and the world. 
as a welcoming congregation and not just in word, but in action and presence, you bless not only the LGBTQ population, but us who stand as allies as well. Stating in effect, may our standing with you remind all that love wins always. As a green sanctuary congregation, you celebrate and hold sacred creation and its many blessings. And in your creation care, you not only bless the earth, but you bless generations to come. Your openness to various spiritualities and ways of thinking offers a blessing through kindness that many people, especially in our commonwealth, have not experienced. Your continued stand for justice in so many forms. Your words and your presence bless those who are marginalized, hurt, and cast out. So this has been a hard few days, yes? As a clergy, as a Christian, as a chaplain, and as someone who is pro-choice, this has been a hard few days. With that in mind and in heart, I share with you John O'Donohue's words toward the end of his book in a section titled, Blessing Our World Now. And an aside, this book, O'Donohue died in 2009. His book was published in 2008. But the words still ring true today, I believe. Sometimes when we look out, our world seems so dark. War, violence, hunger, and misery seem to abound. This makes us anxious and helpless. Thus we opt out and join the largest majority in the world, those who acquiesce. Believing ourselves to be helpless, we hand over all our power to forces and systems outside us that then act in our names. They go, they go on to put their belief into action. And ironically, these actions are often sinister and destructive. We live in times when the call to full and critically aware citizenship could not be more urgent. When we choose indifference, we do not bless our world, we betray it. Yet the world is not decided by action alone. It is decided more by consciousness and spirit. They are the secret sources of all action and behavior. When you give into helplessness, you collude with despair and add to it. When you take back your power and choose to see the possibilities for healing and transformation, your creativity awakens and flows to become an active force of renewal and encouragement in the world. You bless the world. May we live lives of radical love. And in doing so, bless one another and our world. <clears throat>